Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello, this is Dr. Jim Morrow, and we are here at the North Fulton Business Radio X studios in the Renaissance Bank on Windward Parkway in Alpharetta, Georgia. It's a Wednesday afternoon at 1 o'clock, and we are live again, and we're tickled about that. I'm here with John Ray running the board and catching questions. How are you doing, John? I'm great. How are you today? I'm good. I'm you, good. You don't have the flu, do you? I do not. Okay. I do not. I've had my flu shot, and I'm not going to get the flu. Do you go for those free shots down at the grocery store, or do you get them at your practice? I usually go to Publix early <laughs> August so I can get the flu shot, and it'll run out. The immunity will run out before the flu season even gets here. Oh, so that's okay. A, that's a great way to go. Okay, gotcha. I was just curious about that. So we are going to talk today about the flu, the flu shot, why you should get it, what you should know and need to know is not true about the flu. We're talking 12 myths about the flu shot and about influenza. So the flu comes around during the cold part of the year. And as I just mentioned, a lot of the grocery stores, I don't mean to pick on Publix, but a lot of the grocery stores and drugstores will start selling flu shots in August. And I tell patients all the time that if you get your flu shot in August, what, what you're doing is you're just buying a flu shot. You're not preventing the flu because your immunity is likely to run out before the flu season ends. So I recommend, and CDC agrees with this, or I agree with them, whichever way you look at it, that the time to get a flu shot's in October. So it's October. Everybody needs to go out and get a flu shot. If you're a live human being over six months old, you need to go get a flu shot. So let's talk about the flu. What is influenza? Well, first off, it's not the stomach flu. There's no such disease as the stomach flu. It does not exist. You can get a stomach virus, and you can get gastroenteritis, and you can have nausea and vomiting and diarrhea. That's not the flu. The flu is a respiratory illness. It's a very highly contagious airborne viral illness. The flu virus enters the respiratory tract as you breathe it in, and if it's not neutralized by antibodies that you had from a flu shot, it starts to grow and proliferate. It takes about 18 hours to three days for the virus to really kick in, but you can start shedding flu virus up to 24 hours before you even get symptoms. And that's one of the problems, obviously, with flu is you can spread it before you even know you have it. There's several viral conditions like that, but the flu is a very common one. And you continue to spread the virus and to release virus from your body when you call for sneeze for up to five to 10 days. Usually, in most cases in healthy people, the influenza or the flu is an uncomplicated illness that doesn't bring about a lot of morbidity or other illness. It doesn't make you horribly sick other than fever and chills and cough and sore throat and body aches. And But there are, there are people, of course, who are at higher risk of the flu, and these people can end up with severe complications. You can get pneumonia. You can get encephalitis, which is a horrible inflammation of the lining around the brain. You can have respiratory failure, organ failure, and you can certainly die from influenza. According to the World Health Organization, there are usually around 3 to 5 million cases of the flu every single year, and a quarter million to a half a million people die from flu every year. So if you think, well, I don't want a flu shot because I don't mind getting a cough and, and a fever, that's not what we're trying to prevent. We're trying to prevent these bad conditions, these bad outcomes from influenza. 
So influenza is a constellation of symptoms. Uh, and it's interesting. I see people on Mondays a lot, and they'll say, ooh, I had the flu this weekend. And I go, really? I don't think you did. Oh, yeah, I had fever and, and some chills this weekend. I had the flu. And I go, no. If you get the flu, you have high fever, which means you're probably 102 or higher. You have headache, sore throat, horrible body aches, a cough to end all coughs. You might have a runny nose, and you're going to have fatigue. That's influenza. That's that's the flu. So there, the way to diagnose the flu, in my opinion, is a clinical diagnosis. You don't need a flu test to diagnose someone with the flu. You just need to have someone who has these symptoms, and that person has the flu, especially if it's flu season. Now, there are tests that you can do for the flu, and we do them in the office because sometimes someone will have a question or they'll want proof, if you will, that they have the flu because they probably looked on the Internet and saw that's what you were supposed to do, and it's just not the case. But you can do these tests, but these tests are not absolute. And I'll tell you, if I see someone that has all this constellation of symptoms in the office and someone does a flu test and it's negative, I do not care they still got the flu. So flu vaccines. Who should get a flu vaccine? And this is true not just this year, but this is true for every flu season. Everybody, six months and older, should have a flu vaccine. Now, in the past, we sort we uh, pulled out people who were allergic to eggs, and we're much less concerned about egg allergy today than we used to be. A lot of the flu vaccines don't are not even made from eggs, so it really doesn't matter. And I'll tell you that if you have a, a serious egg allergy, by that I mean you eat eggs and you need an EpiPen, then you can get a flu shot, but you ought to do it in the doctor's office, not at the drugstore because you'll only be somewhere where they have adrenaline or epinephrine that they can give you should you have a reaction. Now, I believe, and I think a lot of doctors believe, that getting a flu shot doesn't just prevent the flu, but it kicks your immune system up a notch, and I believe it helps you not get so many other illnesses during the wintertime and the cold part of the year. So I, the people that I see that get a flu shot, I'm less likely to see them in the office for sinus infections and bronchitis and other things that are not flu, but I think they're healthier because they actually got a flu shot and their immune system's kind of working overtime. But the flu vaccine does reduce the flu symptoms and keeps you from getting the flu. It can reduce doctor visits. It saves you time and money. It can keep you from missing work. It can be life-saving, especially in high-risk groups. And it's, it's just a very important thing to do. So I think everybody needs to get out there and get a flu shot during the month of October. Now, flu shots are approved in children as old as six months old. And it's very important for those people who are 65 and older to get a flu shot. Now, I'm 65, just turned 65 a few months ago. I was very disappointed a few minutes ago when asking to find out John Ray is not 65. But, John, you need a flu shot just like everybody else. You're just not high risk yet. But you are. I am. Okay. I just want to get that out there. I, I, I'm willing to admit that I'm 65, and I'm definitely high risk for a variety of reasons, I think. Flu shots are still recommended for use in pregnant women, people with emphysema, people with heart disease. The, all these people need to get a flu shot. If you're pregnant, it doesn't mean you shouldn't have a flu shot. If you are six months and older, get out there and get a flu shot. October, I mentioned, is the best time. I think if you get it during the month of October, 
you're most likely to have the immunity actually last until the end of flu season, which can really go on a lot longer than you might think. We see flu down into May. I suspect there are scattered cases here and there uh, even past that. So the process of making the flu vaccine is an interesting thing as well. At least it's interesting to me being a, a geek, I guess, because every year the flu shot is different. If you get a pneumonia vaccine or a tetanus shot, it's always the same. They can make batches and batches and batches of that and, and send them out two years later, and they're still good. They're still going to take care of tetanus and pneumonia. But the flu shot changes every single year because it depends on what strains of influenza are most likely to be active during that particular year's flu season. So the people at the CDC start early in the year working to determine what virus strains are most likely to be out there. And it's a little bit of a crapshoot. There's no question about that. I mean, many years ago, probably eight or 10, I guess, uh, they completely missed the boat. There were viruses that were active that they did not anticipate. We had a horrible flu season. The flu shot was probably not 30% effective. It just didn't do much at all. That's a possibility. Don't let that keep you from getting a flu shot. It's still something you need to do. So every single year, there's a brand new vaccine. They start early in the year, like I said, gathering data. They start to produce the, the vaccine. Some of them are produced in eggs still. Some of them are not. Some of them are recombinant DNA, so there's no flu virus even in it. It's just DNA of the flu virus. And so there are a lot of different ones, but by the end of the summer, when the flu season or the flu shot season starts, they're ready to go. They've already distributed this, and everybody's got the flu vaccine that they need. Now, there are a few different ones. The main thing is there's a trivalent and a quadrivalent. That means there's three strains in this one and four strains in this one. I recommend you get the one that has four strains in it because more is better, and that just keeps you from makes you less likely to get the flu. And you might hear people talk about influenza A and influenza B. Don't need to worry about that. Flu, for the most part, as far as you as an individual person getting the flu or not, the flu is the flu. One of these is more likely to cause pandemics than the other. One is less likely to be passed in animals than the other. Doesn't matter. Flu's the flu. You get a flu shot, you're going to be a lot less likely to get the flu. So we're here on To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow, and that's me, and I appreciate everyone listening. I do want to tell you that these episodes are sponsored by Morrow Family Medicine. At Morrow Family Medicine, we use technology and old-fashioned attitudes to do our best to make you feel better every day. We want to see you when you need us, and so toward that end, we have a walk-in hour at the beginning of the day, every day, Monday through Friday. We open at 7.30, the first hour of our day. You don't need an appointment in either location, Cumming or Milton, Georgia. You just show up between 7.30 and 8.30, and we will take care of what ails you. If you have a question, a concern, cough, cold, bellyache, rash, I don't care what it is. If you have the flu, come on in. We'll do our best to take care of you on your timetable when it's good for you to be taken care of. That's why at Mara Family Medicine, we like to say we are bringing care back to health care. So while you're listening to the podcast on your app that you're listening, there's probably a subscribe button. And if you like what you're hearing, I hope you'll hit that subscribe button so that when an episode comes out, if you can't catch it live like we are here today, you can all listen to it at a later time and still be caught up with what we're trying to teach people. So now we're going to talk about myths about the flu shot. 
And I can promise you there's a whole lot more than 12 myths about the flu shot. Kind of had to narrow this down. John didn't want me to go 90 minutes this time. So we're going to talk about 12 different ones. And there's some overlap here, but bear with me if you will. And the first one is the flu is the same thing as a cold and it's harmless. Well, that's a myth. Obviously, from what I've already said, the flu is not just a cold and it's absolutely not harmless in any case, and certainly it can be very dangerous in many cases. Both the cold and the flu have similar symptoms, but the symptoms from the flu are going to be much more pronounced, and they're going to hit faster. You're going to have quicker onset of symptoms with the flu than you are a cold. Sometimes it's hard to tell if you're getting a cold. It's not hard to tell if you're sick if you're getting the flu. It's very easy. It's contagious, obviously, and it can be dangerous. I mentioned the symptoms for the sake of of being complete, I'm going to tell you again, is a fever that's usually referred to as a high fever. That's 102 or higher. You will have chills. You'll sweat. You'll have muscle aches, probably headache, cough, and sore throat. Those are the things you're pretty much always going to see. Now, you see some people with nausea and vomiting with the flu just because they're sick in general, but that's not a classic sign of the flu. So the flu is not just a cold. It's a very different entity And luckily, there's a good vaccine for it, as opposed to a cold for which there's none. Myth number two, you can't die from the flu. Well, of course you can die from the flu. A hundred years ago, in in 1919, millions and millions of people in the United States died from the flu. It was a horrible epidemic. And if you've talked to your grandparents about anything that happened back then, they've probably talked to you about what happened back with the flu epidemic in 1919. It was a horrible, horrible experience, and many, many people died. So you look at high-risk groups, babies and children less than four years old. I mentioned if you're six months or older, you can get a flu shot, and you should. But still, in the very young ages, a very high-risk group. People my age and higher, 65 and over, they're a high-risk group. Women who are pregnant trying to get pregnant, women who are breastfeeding. These are high-risk groups as well. If you have a low or weakened immune system, if you've been going through treatment for other disease processes, cancer, for example, then you're certainly a high-risk group, and you absolutely want to get a flu shot. People with a chronic health condition might be diabetes. It's out of control. If your diabetes is well-controlled, it's not such a thing, but if your diabetes is out of control, it's a problem. If you have chronic lung disease, emphysema, chronic bronchitis, if you have heart disease and so forth, you're at risk. If you live in a long-term care center or assisted living or military barracks, or if you live anywhere among a group of people, then you're at higher risk. And these people are at greater risk of having health problems that can lead to death. So it's a very big deal. They need an annual flu shot as much or more probably than anybody else. We talk about cost a lot in healthcare, and I'm not crazy about talking about cost in healthcare, but it's a very real thing. And if you want to talk about that, you can save a boatload of money by giving everybody a flu shot because people won't end up in the emergency room, being admitted to the hospital so much and other things just by simply giving them a flu shot. And not only does it protect you when you get a flu shot, but it protects the people around you. Uh, in previous episodes, we've talked about herd immunity where other people are immune to a particular thing, and you're less likely to get it just because the incidence of it in the general population is decreased. And so if you if you get a flu shot, you're doing everybody a favor. Myth number three, you won't get the flu if you get the flu vaccine. 
Well, that's not 100% true. If you get a flu vaccine, you can still get the flu. I mentioned earlier that you have to pair up the viruses that you anticipate seeing during a flu season, and sometimes it works really, really well, but the flu shot is not 100%. The purpose is protect you from the main strains of influenza that are going to be around, but you can still get the flu. You could get the you could be infected with the flu before you got the vaccine. I see people day in and day out that have this conversation with them, and they don't get a flu shot because last time they got a flu shot, they got the flu. Well, if that last time was over 20 years ago, probably a little bit more than that, then you absolutely could get the flu from the flu shot because it was a weak virus, and you could get sick from the flu shot. That's not the case anymore. The only way you get the flu from the flu shot now is if the person you sat next to in the waiting room at the doctor's office had the flu and you got it from them right before you got your shot. That's the only way it's going to happen. You can't get sick from the flu shot. If you do get the flu shot and you still get the flu, it's very likely that you'll have a less severe case of the flu than you would have had otherwise. So that's another really good reason to do it. But there are other things other than a flu shot that you can do to help keep you from getting the flu. Wash your hands often. Cover your mouth when you sneeze and cough like I just did. Use homemade cleaning spray or, I mean, household cleaning spray and Purell and other cleansers like that. Use hand sanitizer and that kind of thing to keep clean. Wash the laundry of people who have the flu frequently. That's an important thing. And one thing that very few people ever think about that almost everybody does is think about the ink pen you're about to sign a credit card receipt with. If you go to eat in a restaurant and they bring you a a receipt to sign your credit card receipt, because most of us use credit cards these days, they're going to provide you with a pen that everybody that's been through that restaurant's handled. And that's why I do everything I possibly can to only use my pen to sign receipts like that, and I don't loan it out if I can possibly avoid it. That's something that that can really make a difference in you. And I talk to people about that in the office, and they're always surprised by that. But I think it's a very good point. Use your own pen to sign credit card receipts. Myth number four, you won't get the flu if you take vitamin C. Well, here's the bottom line on that. That has absolutely nothing to do with getting the flu. Now, years and years ago, Linus Pauling, a researcher and scientist way back in the day, found that if you took a lot of vitamin C, you might be less likely to get a cold. But number one, it only prevents, helps prevent getting a cold. It doesn't do that great great job of that. But it doesn't help you get over a cold, and it does not help prevent the flu, and it does not help you get over the flu. So vitamin C is fine if you like it, but it's not going to help you in this regard. Myth number five, the flu vaccine will give you the flu. Well, I talked about this a little bit already. But it just doesn't happen. The form, this form of vaccine is a dead virus or a recumbent DNA of the virus, and you just cannot get sick from the flu shot. But there is a nasal spray flu vaccine, and the nasal spray vaccine is a live but weakened virus, just like the flu shot used to be years ago. So if you get the nasal spray vaccine, there is a chance that you can get the flu from it. But even when that first came out, they only recommended it in a tight range of ages, not over 50 and so forth. And right now, it's not even recommended anymore to use the nasal spray. 
So you can't get the flu from the flu shot, but you can from the nasal spray. Myth number six, you shouldn't get the flu shot if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Well, that's just not true. It's very important to get the flu shot if you're pregnant or if you're trying to get pregnant or if you're breastfeeding. The flu, flu shot is safe for you and for your baby. If you don't get the flu shot and you develop the flu, then you give, give the flu to your baby. So it's a very good idea if you're pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant during flu season, especially to be sure you get a flu shot. Myth number seven, you shouldn't get the flu shot if you have an egg allergy. Again, mentioned it earlier, we used to be very concerned about people with egg allergies, and right now we just are not that concerned about it. It's perfectly safe for people with egg allergies, even children, to go ahead and get a flu shot. Serious reactions are very rare. But if you think you might have a problem, get your shot at the doctor's office. That's always a smart way to go. Myth number eight, you don't need a flu shot if you're healthy. Well, that just makes absolutely no sense because healthy people get sick. Healthy people get the flu. If you don't want the flu, get a flu shot. It's just that simple. Myth number nine, you shouldn't get the flu shot if you're already sick or already have the flu. Well, if you come to the office and you have a mild sickness or illness of some sort, it's perfectly fine to get a flu shot. Now, if you can wait a few days and get a little bit better, it's probably a good idea to do that. But if you can't, it's absolutely not a problem. If you show up with 103 fever in the office, I don't think anybody's going to give you a flu shot because then if you develop a problem, we're not going to know it. So that's probably the exception to that myth. But I would just say if you if you are sick already and you're not 103 sick, you ought to go ahead and get a flu shot. Myth number 10. You don't need to get the flu vaccine every year. Well, of course you do. The flu vaccine lasts somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to nine months, probably. And again, every year, the strains of flu that are out there are different. The ones that you're going to be exposed to are going to be different from this year. The flu vaccine you had in 2017 doesn't do you a bit of good in 2019 or in 18 from 19. It just doesn't work that way. It's an every year thing. And I think that's one of the problems people have with it. They don't want to do it every year. But the thing that makes people get the flu shot more quickly than anything else is getting the flu. And I'll tell them that. If you ever get the flu, you'll be in here every single year for a flu shot. And I've seen that work in my own family. Myth number 11. Getting the flu vaccine more than once a year decreases your chance of getting the flu even more. No, it doesn't. You get the flu shot, hopefully in October, September, let's say, or October, not before September, certainly. And that's all you need for the rest of the flu season. This, this vaccine is made and your body responds to it in such a way that you're going to create antibodies and you're going to hold on to those all the way through the end of flu season. Now, it's true that some children and some older adults end up getting two doses of the vaccine, but they're done purposely and they're done in a short series apart. So you can build up the right immunity without having too much in your system at any one time. So talk to your doctor to see if you're someone who should receive two doses. For the vast majority of people, that's just not necessary. And lastly, myth number 12. You should wait till the later in the flu season to get the vaccine, then you'll be protected longer. Well, you don't want to get it too soon. 
but you absolutely don't wait to, don't want to wait too late. So the CDC recommends getting the vaccine as soon as it's ready at the beginning of flu season, and really that's October in most cases. So during the month of October, go to your doctor, go to the health department, go to the drugstore, go to the pharmacy and the grocery store. I don't care where you get it. I just want you to go and get a flu shot. It's very important that you get this flu shot. You don't want the flu. People who don't think they mind the idea of having the flu have very simply never had the flu. It's as simple as that. John, that's uh, 12 myths about the flu shot. Yeah, I think you hit those all 12 right there. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm interested in what the other ones are that, that got left on the cutting room floor, but maybe we can do a part two on that if we need to. We but may have to. We may have to. Or maybe we've got questions that come in that revealed more myths. But um, one question we've got is relates to the – Basically, what this person is saying is, uh, "Hey, every year I read that the this flu, this flu, this strain of flu, this year's strain of flu is the worst one ever." So, at what point does the flu shot lose its effectiveness? It doesn't. I don't think you can really rank any of the particular strains as being light years worse than the other. If you're just talking about influenza A and B. Now, if you're talking about some of the other bizarre flus that are out there, and there are some strange ones, and sure, that's possible, but those things are not in the flu shot anyway. So really, when it comes to getting a flu shot, you don't need to concern yourself with what is going to be out there. There are plenty of people a lot smarter than anybody in this room that are out there putting their minds to what vaccine needs to be or what strain needs to be included in the vaccine. And so if you just go get the flu shot, you're going to be doing what you need to do to take care of your own health. Gotcha. So, uh, one other thing, non-flu related. So, you need to talk a little bit about BYOT. And I spelled that right. You did. I'm very <laughs> impressed. What John's talking about, my wife Peggy and I started a charity seven years ago when we found out that there were over 2,000 families in our county that didn't have internet in their home, didn't have devices the children in school needed to be able to do homework and do research and do assignments because so much is internet-based, as everybody on the planet knows these days. So we started a charity, the Forsyth BYOT Benefit, in order to raise money to support these children. And we got the name because the Forsyth County Schools has an initiative called the BYOT Initiative. That's Bring Your Own Technology. It's not tequila, John. It's technology. <laughs> Oh, well. BYOT, bring your own technology. And so they have this initiative, and they are nationally and even internationally known for the way that they have helped children understand how to safely use the technology, how to safely use the Internet, how to be out there on the Internet and be safe about it and be responsible and so forth. So since they had so many children that didn't have access to these things they really needed, we started this benefit. And every year we've had a couple of of events. We usually have a golf tournament in the spring and every fall we have a 5k and fun run and that's next Saturday. So the Forsyth BYOT I run for BYOT is next Saturday, October the 12th at Shiloh Point Elementary School in Cumming. Uh, it's a, like I said, a 5k and a fun run. It is a Peachtree road race qualifier. We do chip timing. It's a up to date class act. It's a great day. We have a lot of other things around the start-finish line that you can do before and after. 
It's a lot of fun for family. It's a lot of fun for kids. Uh, the school district has been phenomenal in supporting this and helping us plan and, and get ready for this thing every year. Uh, in six years, this is our seventh, so we haven't finished it yet, but in six years, we've been able to raise over $300,000 wow. for these children. And Dr. Jeff Bearden, who's the superintendent of the schools, told us at the beginning of this year that at this point, every student in the county who doesn't have the necessary technology on their own can get it through the BYOT initiative. That's fantastic. So it's been a great thing. We do have a website, as you might imagine. Our website is www.forsythebyotbenefit.org, and Forsyth is F-O-R-S-Y-T-H, for those of you in Australia that are still listening. And so we'd love for you to go to our website. There are ways on there. You can sponsor the run. You can donate right on the homepage. If you have questions, there are links there to email us and so forth. So it's a, it's been a great thing, and it's been just really it was my wife Peggy's idea to start this whole thing, and I've been kind of on her coattails doing the graphics and helping out where I can, but it's been a phenomenal experience for us. We've gotten a lot out of it as well. Yeah, and I, th- I think folks need to know that Forsyth County is is has got a lot of affluent areas, and maybe they see that and they don't see the need that exists kind of behind all that, right? That's absolutely true. And for Scythe County, you're talking about, I think it's the 12th or 13th richest county in the country. Yeah. And even in our county, we have, a, I think, a 7% poverty level, which is a large number of children and families. And so we're doing our best to try to do that because what we're looking at here, really, John, is we're looking at generational poverty. We're looking at people who have never been able to break that cycle. And the thing that's going to break that cycle for them is an education. And if we can help them get that education at the high, through the high school level, then they're going to be better off than their forefathers were, and they're going to be able to do more. Great work. Congratulations. Thank see, you I had much. to bring it up for you to mention it because, see, you, you're too modest to mention these things you do. It's kind of like when you got Humanitarian of the Year at your alma mater. See, I mentioned it again. Yeah, it is a little bit, it is a little bit like that. And I am yes. not much of a mentioner, but I appreciate you being a mentioner. Thank you. That's why I'm, that's why the marketing department has me here. <laughs> I knew there had to be a reason. <laughs> yeah. You didn't choose me, the marketing department did. <laughs> she did find you, in fact. Yes, yeah, she did. So I do want to say we are here, like I mentioned, at the North Fulton Business Radio X studios in Alpharetta, Georgia. John Ray, if you're looking for a way to promote your business, you really ought to talk to John about doing one of these shows and making it be a podcast because it really is phenomenal. I love the fact that people will come in my office and say, hey, I listened to your podcast on depression, and I think that includes me. I want to talk to you about that or whatever they might have listened to. It's been very helpful. This is our 18th episode, Yeah, and uh, it's kind of flown by. It has. So we're excited about moving forward. Yeah. We're, we've got some great topics coming up. We've got some guests we're trying to book and – on, on some interesting topics that people need to know about, right? I think it'll be real good, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Cool. All Thank right. you, pal. For now, that is to your health.